The Raven Queen is a strict mistress and an even fiercer bookkeeper. Everything must be in balance and all debts must be paid. Her servants are instruments of a cruel and harsh system. No one escapes her view and servants who fail her are punished. Jocelyn Winstead is a servant who failed her and I, J.H. Jean-Pierre Duvernay, made her fail. I am a tragically blessed individual, it seems, due to the fact that I am exceedingly long-lived, thanks to my mother, Siobhan. But why is this tragic, you ask? A long life, a shade of immortality des desired by all, is it not? I can assure you that a life of too many years, in fact, is no longer a blessing. The well-documented problem with a several hundred-year lifespan is that you watch many of your friends, compatriots, lovers, and children die. The other unfortunate side effect is tied to the aforementioned stringent bookkeeper of souls. Doc takes a drag from his dart. I apparently am an irksome irritant in an otherwise unerringly consistent system, and irritations attract attention. Enter our ingenue, Jocelyn Winstead. Joss. Our relationship is simply stated as complicated. I don't know where she came from or how she got to Kinshannon, but I met her, what seems, and is a very likely, a lifetime ago. She was powerful, athletic, and confident. It was intoxicating. I was fortunate enough to have also drawn her eye, and our romance was a whirlwind of drinking, dancing, laughing, and other bacchanal delights. We were two peas in a pod, two broken people who put together made something whole and better. Our love was fast and deep like a wave crashing over you and pulling you past the sandbar without you realizing it. Doc loses himself in the reverie of the memory as his hands methodically pull paper and tabac from his pouch, nimbly rolled together, another nail that he brings to his lips. Sliding the new nail across his just-wetted lips, he settles back and strikes a match. The glow lights up the hollows of his eyes and the gaunt angles of his cheeks. She got sick. She was dying in front of me. Apparently, it was her time. I was unsatisfied with this answer. Furious and fuming, I went to my mother, looking for answers, a tincture or remedy that could save my Jocelyn. Siobhan and all her elven wisdom and magic had nothing for me. Distraught and angry, I was leaving the quarter when a figure approached me, appearing from the shadows. Upon reflection, I feel this man was a shadow. He knew my name and mentioned my beloved, and invited me to follow him to part of Kinshannon I had not been to, nor do I think I could find again. This unfamiliarity did not phase me in my haze, I merely followed one heavy footfall after the other. I find myself entering a dive or den that was surprisingly and tastefully appointed upon entering. I was led to a room with a table and cards. I failed to mention that I have a penchant for games of chance and have most definitely been addicted to gambling. Fortunately, I am above average and thus still a living gambler. The room fell into darkness and for what was only a heartbeat, and then it was cold, bitterly bone-numbing cold. The heartbeat ended, and before me was the most ravishing, black-haired woman I had ever seen. But her beauty was that of the most delicate and dangerous glass. Regina Celli, I presume. Perhaps that is a misnomer. Regina Ravinica. She let a steely smile slip past her lips that did not even come close to her eyes. Jean-Pierre at last. Enchanté, monsieur. I, of course, responded in the pleasantries of society. She continued. You seem to be frustrated and foiled by the apparent demise of your mademoiselle. I require your response. I do, however, have an offer for you. It's that classic opportunity, and you must forgive my cliched offering your life for hers. Certainly, your love is such that you would give your life so that she may live. I stared at this woman, this goddess, and raised an eyebrow. May I smoke? 
This caused a smile to emanate from those cool lips as she nodded assent to my request. I rolled a nail and lit it and settled back into my chair. I, of course, was stalling. The smoke would linger and curl, moving through the air, slinking its tendrils across the table. I responded to the woman with a counter. How about a game? You win, it's a two for one. I win, Jocelyn and I are together for as long as I live. A pause. Doc turns and looks you right in the eyes, the way he does when he seems to be settling the debts of your soul. I've prattled on long enough and I fear that the dithering details of my tale may bore you. Allow me to expedite the telling, because we have things to do. I won that game in spectacular fashion. But one does not win against her. One must always specify the fine print, my friend. I returned home, high on the exhilaration of outfoxing the raven. Exuberantly, I exploded into our abode, singing and casting about for my beloved. I was under the impression from my victory that she would be recovered and ready to celebrate. Remember to read the fine print. She was not miraculous. She was not miraculously recovered. She was ill as ever. In fact, I spent the next two weeks at her bedside trying to remediate her pain, not understanding what had happened at all. Where was my prize, my victory? She died. After those weeks of agony, she died in my arms, and the anguish I saw in her eyes shattered my heart to pieces. I was inconsolable, lonely and lost, more self-destructive than any other time in my miserable existence on this plane. I spent three days crashing deeper into an abyss of my own making. I was very nearly at the point of walking out into the fog and letting that eternal mist have me. When I was stopped by a familiar and unwanted shadow, he handed me this. We see an, inort, in, we see an ornate silver bracer of a winged serpent of some kind before it slips back under his sleeve. The shadow insisted I put it on, and in my stupor I did. A thousand screams immediately echoed in my ears, wailing and howling of agony and pain washed through my bones and my very soul. I knew that scream. I knew that voice. It was Jocelyn. I cried out with all my being, my shouts screaming, almost singing with hers, and then nothing. Blackness. I was standing on the streets. I was standing not on the streets of Kinshannon, looking out into the fog, but into a void of nothing, except for a dancing, towering flame. The darkness was utter and complete outside the glow of this flame. Yet the fire made no heat and no sound. And then I saw her. She was whole and upright. She was my beloved. I could see her silhouetted in the flame, and then she slipped to the other side, away from me, out of my sight. I circled, trying to catch her, only to be caught up when I felt her breath on my neck and her voice in my ear. It was cold. Too cold. My Jacques. I turned to her, trying to catch a glimpse of that face I had loved, those eyes that I had laughed and smiled with me, but I could never catch her. She was always out of my sight or grasp slipping and sliding away from me, but I could feel her. I could hear her. Doc's nail has burnt out to his fingertips, and he is still. The air is still, and you feel a slight chill as the hairs on your neck and arms stand up. The Raven Queen had taken Jocelyn Winstead from me and made her an eternal servant, a soul locked in servitude forever. Because I fear if I die, Jocelyn will remain. 
a blade of the queen, an instrument of deathly balance. She is hurt and broken beyond repair. Repulsed and possessive of me at every turn. Angry and desperate and lost in her new form. She blames me, and rightfully so. My partner has become my patron, and we are both servants of Regina Ravinica. He turns slowly to you and meets your gaze. You swear you see a flicker of what could have been a shadow move, as he says flatly. But at least we are together. Previously on Half Party. Last time on Half Party. So take a letter, Carol Shelby. Address it to Damien. Say I won't be coming home. Gotta roll some new dice. Oh, take a letter, Carol Shelby. Address it to Damien. Send a copy to Pierre Despero. Gotta find out who killed... The Don of Wheat. The Don of Wheat. <laughs> Half party, fresh start. D- <laughs> Got him. (laughs) (laughs) Damien. Doc. Or, as his friends know him, J.A. Jean-Pierre Duvenet. Got it. Got it in one. It's learning. They got a letter from Carol Shelby. (laughs) Addressed to Damien. It wasn't addressed to Damien. (laughs) But it was addressed that the Don of Wheat was in trouble. His almanac was stolen. So off they go, Damien gallivanting through the streets with his right-hand man, J.A. Jean-Pierre Duvernay. What's this? A little kid in the streets? Could this be one of Doc's children? No. This is Jeremy Fitzwinkle. Wallace. Fitzwallace. <laughs> hey, he might be a thief. We don't know. But what we do know is that Doc sent Jeremy Fitzwallace to his actual son, Alexander Heiberger, in the bottoms. Not not canon. Super canon. (laughs) Not canon. They go to the bread store. They get baskets of bread because it's a day of celebration. We're going to see the the dawn dawn of of wheat's birth. It's the dawn of wheat's birthday. Well, it was the dawn of wheat's birthday, but we're bringing a basket of bread. What's this? The door is ajar. The dawn of wheat's not in there. Who's this man in the corner? Is that Pierre Despero? Yes. Yes, it is Pierre Despero. He tries to tell us that the dawn was poisoned. But Damien, knowing better, says we should do a good cop, bad cop routine and convince Pierre that he was the one who did the poisoning because we don't trust him. Long story short, we we set off an alarm in the drawer because of the uh, magic spell that was put in the almanac book. Um, We know that the almanac is not within, was it a hundred? It was a hundred? Five hundred. I thought it was a thousand. A thousand? You did locate objects, right? I located the object. Yeah. It wasn't around us. So we're on our way to the hospital, and as you know, we're Tula Lula Lura, right? Tula Poof. 
The breadbasket falls. The croissant tumbles. The bear claw rolls as a poof of smoke takes our good friend J.H. Jean-Pierre Duvenet away on Half Party. I have the wonderful, beautiful, melodious voice of Justin Jameson Smith. Doc does not have a child, and I'm happy to be here. And the dulcet tones of Daniel Donkey Diagnuff. Damien says that Doc has a child, and I'm happy to be here. Did you just call him Daniel Donkey Diagnuff? Yeah, it's his middle name. Yeah, my middle name's Donkey. No, it's DMDM. DM D Are you okay? Daniel Michael Diagnuff. DM DM. Don't give out personal information. Okay, now they know who I am. What's his social? They know that we live where we live too. Like they know things about us. They don't know anything about me. Okay. Right. Yes, this is a yes and podcast. They know nothing about you. Know things about me. (laughs) Nope. Very shocked. (laughs) Nope. Nothing. They know nothing. Oh God. It's be a busy editing episode. It is. Oh I can't God. even get these things correct. You know what's correct? <laughs> Alexander Heiberg. All right. Not my child. We find ourselves at a fork in the road with one hero disappearing from Kinshana. You never split the party. Mm-hmm. Never split the party. Uh, Dan, can I ask you to take off your headphones? What? Oh shit! Okay, you, to, you, you don't know. You don't get to know any of this. Oh, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Justin. Yes. Doc. Yes. You find yourself enveloped in a swirl of violet and black smoke. A swirl that you felt before, as you are. Ripped from Kinshannon violently. This trip is always disorienting and sickening, but it's not the first time you've been down this road. You're on your way to see the Raven Queen. And as you quickly come to your destination, like so many times before, you find yourself laying down in a pool of thick black oil. And as you pick yourself up, as you've done in the past, attempt to clean yourself off and look around, you see the ethereal lights all around you at the end of a room that doesn't seem to have any end. And in the middle, a familiar figure. 
the woman you once loved, Jocelyn. But her face, for some reason, doesn't quite come into focus. And as you, as you have a thousand times before, try to move towards her, try to get a little bit clearer glimpse of what she looks like, one more time, it seems that she just recedes back into the distance. And then you hear, without seeing any movement, that voice that is so distinctly hers. And it says, it's been a long time. Mm, I feel like it's just been yesterday, Jocelyn. But at least we're together. That's how I feel about it. How have you been, darling? I've been better. I feel that that must be true since you decided to summon me here. There is one soul that does belong to me that you tried to stop. I don't know what you're referring to. Well, you're making quite a few friends. I've made a, a new acquaintance, one or two, yes. Who would possibly you... belong to you, Jocelyn? Or your queen? Oh, your new friend. When he ate the strawberry. Oh, Damien? He just forgot felt... about that allergy of his. He's fine. You felt my hand pull yours, didn't you? When you tried to help him? <clears throat> I did, and I did not think that was fair. It's just a pesky allergy. His soul belongs to me. No, come now, Jocelyn. It was, again, <laughs> there's no way that you would think that his soul, he's got too much to do already. Remember, we've played this game before. Yes, I remember, and I remember every time you always act this way. Well, there is something... We can make another deal on. Another gamble? Oh, not this time. Come this now. a little bit more above board. What do you have in mind? There seems to be an issue in the world that's not being resolved. You mind if I smoke, Jocelyn? I never do. I do find some of these conversations so tedious. And I, I light up a, a nail. <laughs> Are you referring to the uh, the fog that I think was still around when you and I were on the same plane? Oh, you are smart as ever. Does the Raven Queen have anything to do with that fog, Jocelyn? Quite the opposite. It's making for... A boring, boring world. And it's time that it comes down. Well, I'm sure you're aware of my other acquaintance, Carol Shelby. He's been working on bringing that fog down for what's most of his adult life. So perhaps if you have any insights, you could share them with the group. <laughs> of course not. That would be 
giving away everything up front, and we don't want to do that. No, you never do. That people will die because you hesitate, which I guess is in your best interest as well. Oh, of course, but I'm not here trying to kill everyone. I need things back the way they were. Wars, conflict, interaction. But before we get there, remember this. In the graveyard, up in the northern Kinshannon, there's a gravestone with an amulet. It'll be hard to find, but that is next to the gate. And the answer that you seek is below Kin Shannon. Below Kin Shannon? Yes. Of course. Of course. And with that, I think I've taken enough of your time for now. I do so enjoy our little talks, Jocelyn. Soon enough, we'll have eternity together. I hope that uh, that sweetens your mood a little bit. I know it does so make our relationship tenuous. You're welcome down there with me anytime, darling. Could have a good time. It's been a pleasure, as always, Jacques. I'm ready to go back when you are. And as you say those words, the smoke begins to swirl around you again. And you feel the same shift in planes as you go back to Kinshannon. Come on back, Daniel. Yeah, uncover your ears, darling. <clears throat> I didn't. I didn't know how I was gonna hear you guys. That's the the complicated part. It is a audium audium medium. Uh, <laughs> Damien, as you're sitting there, uh, trying to figure out exactly what to do with your uh, friend who's just been whisked out of existence to another plane. Mm. You and uh, Pierre Despereau stand, mouths agape, wondering what happened. And I do not know, what, what does your friend do this quite often? I, um, Pierre, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna level with you. We, we just met like a, a day ago. <laughs> Also, you are not uh, good friends. Whoa, whoa! I don't, I don't, I don't know about that, right? I haven't like, well, maybe, right? But uh, we met at the bar, right? We, we were like, so this lady got murdered. The start of many good friendships, these right? And and I was like, well, I got to inspect it, and he was like, well, let's inspect it, and you know, there was magic, and um, there was not this uncommon. dwarf. Yeah, there was a dwarf who, like, we think might have killed her. Ah, yes. And I, like, leapt off this balcony, right? And I, like, turned into a bear. <laughs> I, scared the cool? whole, I scared the whole crowd. <laughs> That's <laughs> so cool. I know, I know. And then, uh, yeah, then we met Shelby. Oh. And it was it was the best of times, right? We fought these things in this alleyway. We That's went home. Very impressive. We came here. Damien, are you recounting our tales so far to Pierre Despero? I apologize for my inconvenient disappearance. With no apparent disruption in the world, you hear a voice from just over your shoulder. 
Well, the down problem. here. You got to look down here. Remember, I'm not as tall as you, Damien. Oh, Doc, Ooh. did you did you teleport behind me? I was here the whole time. I don't know what you're talking about. Let me pick up this bread. I can't believe that it fell. Where did you go? You were here, and then the smoke, and you disappear. Is this yeah, a trick? You, and, and you dropped all the bread, the gift we were going to give to the Don. As, as I'm picking up this. the bread, I, gentlemen, don't for, we need and the bear claw. Don't forget. Of the Of course, cloth. thank you, Damon. Uh, let's not. To, we don't need to toil over this in the street. Let's make haste to uh, see how the Don of Wheat's health is going. I'll tell you uh, later at maybe another you're, bar. You're you much okay? more kind now. No, everything's fine. Believe, believe you me, just a, oh. just a little inconvenience. And I'm realizing that Doc should be being the mean cop to Pierre right now. Oh, Damien, are we still doing that? Well, he's our friend now. We, he's he's one of us. Teleported and then. Would what? you like me to go over here while you guys figure this out? No, 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 well, you, no need at all. Sorry, no. I, he was supposed to be the bad guy. I, I, but he and, then won me over. He, you remember at the end of last episode, he won me over with some grand gesture of faithful servitude and loyalty. When were, when were you going to tell me this? I felt like we all felt... I, I thought that we came to this conclusion as a group. I... We are quite second, nice to each other. One, one second, Pierre... Um, Oh, yes. We, 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 we really, do we need to do... A, uh, was, sorry, Damien. Can I have a bite of one of the... Did that happen outside? Me? I didn't know, like, I didn't get the vibe check, right? No, like, I, I was inside when you were doing the vibe check. Well, it never felt good from the beginning for me. But then when we were outside, I had a very, you know, he... Heart to, you had a heart to heart, yeah. They, and I feel that he's upstanding. I mean, how do you feel about him? Well, I don't know now. I'm kind of, I'm a little taken aback by the whole situation. Should we just go? Well... Since it is just you and I at this moment. And, and Pierre, because you guys have a new fr- right, friendship. Right, but we've turned. We are having on our side. He's enjoying that bear oh, claw, yeah, I believe. Yeah. It's the baguette. Oh, he had a baguette. Thank you. Okay, the bear claws. Is that for you? Not for is that for you later? Yeah. yeah. I never pictured you that, but it does make sense. Anyway, I digress. Damien, um... I know that the dawn of weed is significant to you and your life and uh, instrumental in everything that you are. Uh, I have gained um, some pertinent knowledge that maybe we need to share with Carol Shelby as soon as we are done. I'm not sure of the urgency. Wait, from Pierre? No, done with the dawn. When did you gain this information? Well, you did see me disappear in a in a puff of black and purple smoke, correct? Oh, I thought you were just teleporting. In so many words, yes. I teleported and have returned. Oh. It, Would you guys what? like a battle to begin? Pierre, that's very kind of you to yes, offer. Please. Just one more moment, oh. and oh, we sorry, will continue the, the, we'll continue the journey. I'll take half of cheese? it. Uh, yep. there's, here, I believe in, if you check the bottom of the basket, there's some honey. I don't know if you're into that, or maybe some garlic okay. butter, I think, was thrown into the oh, basket as well. Um, Damien, yeah. I don't know how pressing this information is, but I needed to share it with you as my new associate of one day and 17 hours that day, we... Yeah. That's what I was telling him. Exactly. Our acquaintance is fresh. Um, there may be something we can do about this fog, but I know that the dawn of wheat's what? death... 
or life what? is in the balance at the moment. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, no, it really it, it is in the balance, and oh god, this baguette's really good. Um, so you're telling me you teleported away, and then you learned all these things about the fog. Are we in the street, back. Bjorn? Are we just like in the street? We're just in the street. <laughs> yes. Right oh yeah, we're you guys in the middle are, of the street. Are, Shouting distance from the office of the Dawn of Wheat. Yeah, just kind of in the street. Damien. Yeah. Let's go check on your Dawn. I will tell. I'd like to. I'd like to insight check him. Go for it. I don't Roll know. I mean, what am I? I'm being truthful. I'm not trying to hide anything from. <laughs> Natural twenty. <laughs> So I think, <laughs> I think with that, that insight check, you read Don, you read Doc very well. You, you've seen him and, and gotten to know him over this long, uh, let's call it 42 hours now. Um, yeah. And uh, you, you understand that he is, he's definitely withholding information, but it seems to be in line uh, with, with what he believes to be true. Doc, I take any- a breath. What? Doc, is there anything else uh, around that that you would like to add? I mean, I feel like with a natural 20, um, you can see that I am torn because I, I'm aware of how much the dawn of wheat is important to you, but I think that the fog and dissipating the fog, like I am torn between telling you what I know and then getting that in the way of, of our current mission to make sure that your dawn daddy is okay. I mean, it's not just that he also knew when eternal darkness was coming. I'd forgotten that part. I imagine it's imminent. It's not just that he's going to die. I imagine that it is imminent. Uh, Excuse me, (laughs) eternal darkness? Uh, Pierre, I thought you were enjoying your savory garlic butter on baguette. You know what? I'd forgotten you were there. Sorry. I put the baguette in my pocket and I hit... Doc on the back, and I hit Pierre on the back, and I guide us towards the hospital. citizens of Kinshannon. It's another friendly reminder from the BOFM, the Bureau of Fog Management. Every household and hovel needs to make sure that they have at least three days of food stores and water. You never know when the fog may breach the walls. It's nine o'clock. Do you know where little Timmy is? Children and pets need to be watched at all times. We wouldn't want our little ones straying too far from home and being out all night. Also, remember the fog is insidious. You never know who might be a dredger of rock. If you think your neighbor is acting funny, then report them to the city watch. You can never be too careful. Just remember the three C's when protecting you and your loved ones from the Kinshannon fog. Staying calm. Losing your head in a panic can lead to a loss of life. Collect yourself and any of your belongings. And cowardice. When all else fails, find a safe corner to crawl into and quietly cower. Kinshannon stays safe because you stay strong. Good night and good luck.
guys make your way uh, through the streets uh, towards the hospital. It's not a long journey to get there. Um, is there anything you like to do on the way, or you want to make your way straight there? Is is there um, is there street urchin that's in my criminal <laughs> circle that I may be able to I may be able to send to Carol Shelby? I don't have message or anything. Um, let's see. What would you roll for? I'm trying to figure out if you could see one of uh, the, the street urchins tend to use um, alleyways, that kind of thing. There's a network of sewer tunnels that they can run through and access different places. Oh, how about so you're trying to figure out where you can see one of those. Bjorn, what about this? Tell me if we can do it this way and you may not like it or you may say, yeah, let's do it. Remember at six level, I get that shadow hound. Mm hmm. Oh, no, it doesn't really work that way. I was going to say, it's a really cool RP. I was like, can I send the Shadow Hound? Don't worry about it. That's a bad idea. You want me to do, like, maybe a quick perception check or investigation check to see if there's that's a, what, a That's urchin. what I'm thinking. You're, you're speci- let's do investigation because you're specifically looking for a pattern that you know. 23. Um, so as you guys are making your way uh, to the hospital, you're not super familiar with this area, but you do see down an alleyway, the, um, signature markings of what would be a sewer entrance. Um, no, no one around it, but you know how to make the call there and you make your way over to the sewer entrance, tap, uh, a rhythmic pattern on the, the sewer grate there. And you hear a small voice say, what do you want? Find Carol Shelby, deliver the message, fog, fog vulnerability, northern graveyard, Kinshannon, amulet. One gold. One gold. One gold. Of course. One gold it is. What what are you doing over there? (laughs) Little fingers reach through the grate. Here. Have one more. You maybe need to replace those shoes. You smell terrible. Thank you. And they disappear, and you hear uh, in the sh- in the sewer scuttling. Uh, nothing, Damien. Just uh, delivering a message. Onwards and upwards, I say. To a, to an empty alleyway. Remember that time that using it. Remember that time that I, you I just repeatedly this. speak to spores, or he, you know. Tea leaves. He's getting sent off real vibes. Today. He's very weird vibes. Yeah. Okay, he, like, look. And look. He's talking. Are you okay? Listen, it, I'm tired of this. Both of you. I have powers, okay? They're given to me Pierre, from a relationship <laughs> with the Raven Queen's servant. Okay? Sometimes I piss that servant off because I've done many things to piss that servant off. She's never happy with me, and I get wrong? summoned to the Shadowfell. What? You know, the, the, the Shadowfell where the Raven Queen resides. She would not do that. Is there a mountain there? I'll just see if there's a mountain there. I mean, it's, this, uh, it's the shadowy version of our world. Yes, I believe there are mountains there. I've not, like, taken luxury tours, hiking, backpacking through the shadowy forests. 
I would, it's the first thing that I would do. I don't know why it's, he would not do it's that. It's starting to sound really far-fetched. It's though. very far-fetched. Should we just... He probably needs to go hey, to the we, should, we could talk to someone. Uh, the if you... Doc, I, I will tell... I'm putting my foot down. Come, okay, now I really am bad Doc, cop. I'm putting my foot down. I refuse. My if you, you are putting me in a hospital, I refuse. Nope, we are going to the hospital we'll just, now, Let's go. We'll talk about your god-girlfriend, and it would be great. Yes, and your and your cloudy forest. They hate my smoking in there. Darkness. I'll wait outside if I may. Nope, I need you. Nope. And I point in my eyes and I point at his eyes. Doc. Let's go inside. But if you talk to an any idea, doctor about I me, you. I promise Not you will find out you're, you're, how I am a doctor. And with my arm on his shoulder and my of other sorts. hand, I want to pat his chest and go, no, it's fine. It's okay. <laughs> go in. Let's I, go. Let's go. Yeah. I, Everyone wait, wants doc, to go now. Doc, We're in. Doc, yes. Doc, I'm ready. Follow my lead. Of course. <clears throat> and I'm going to walk into the hospital. We walk, we walk across the street into the hospital. Uh, you guys find a busy lobby um, with a few people, uh, minor injuries uh, around waiting, uh, and a desk uh, with a um, what appears to be a very large, uh, but quite... Um, a rotund uh, gentleman sitting at a desk uh, reviewing some papers and filling out a few forms. Excuse me, sir. Yes. My name is Kirk Wagner. All right. And this and this associate right here yeah. is J.H. Jacob Pennyful, the doctor of wheat. At your okay. service. And we need to get him to the dawn of wheat right away. Sorry, can't help you. I'm a I'm his personal physician. Excuse, Why can't excuse uh, we, me, we, we have the doctor for the dawn? Yes. He's not taking visitors at this right, time. Right, because he needs to see his doctor. I like what are you not understanding here? I understand. I've got my orders. If you'd like to talk to somebody, uh, please go outside. Well, who would be outside for us to speak with? No good, sir? one. I find and that's... he goes back to signing his papers. Well, that's quite rude. Um, I'd like to do a, um, a quick, like, in... I just want to scout the room. Is there someone else that, you know, is carrying a clipboard or looks like they belong there? Uh, give me a uh, perception check. Okay, fuck you, dice. Um, that's a seven. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, looking around, it's it's mostly patients. You don't see anybody. There's a couple doors to the side that appear to um, be either locked or, or for some reason there there's no one going in or out of them right now. Well, I walk out on the street. I'm going to go smoke a cigarette and think about this. And I just turn around like, why did he just leave me here? I don't know. Well, he's going... Uh, Damien? Yeah. What do we do? It's a good question. Um, excuse me, sir. What can I do for you? I need to see the dog. Nip, sorry, you can't. He's not taking visitors. What's your name? He points to a name tag on his chest. It says Doug. Doug, is it? Yep. 
I need to see the Donnelly. I know. Doug. Yeah. It is Doug, it is Doug, right? Yeah. Can you at least tell me what room he's in? Nope, sorry. What can you tell me? That you can't see the Donnelly. When's your shit? I going? come back in. <laughs> <laughs> I have cast disguise self on myself. Okay. And I am horrendously like bleeding and maimed and I don't look anything like Doc, right? I'm probably about <laughs> a, a, maybe six inches shorter. Um, uh-huh. I am a slightly <laughs> plump woman and I am wailing. Oh God, there's been a terrible accident and I am just going to throw myself at the desk. Um, and, well, and, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to like, I'm going to be, fa- I'm going to fall. I'm going to fall on the ground before the desk and start convulsing. <laughs> and Doug goes, what's your ailment? I'm- but then through the doors burst, uh, two nurses who, who quickly come and grab you. On, oh uh, no. By, by arms, it hurts. Oh, please don't touch my arm. It hurts. Oh, oh no. And they, they begin to guide you uh, towards a, a gurney and, and to help you up on it. Okay, to be um, fair. Yeah. To be fair. To be fair. They need to make a... Uh, <gasps> they have to make a check to see if I pass. But all I'm hoping is to create a distraction <laughs> where Pierre and Damien go. So let me read Disguise Self. Give me... Actually, I think I know. Okay. So give me you want a performance, a performance check because that is going to influence how well you sell this. Okay, okay, okay. If it's good I'm enough, pretty good. Give them disadvantage on their. I'm pretty good at these things. Um, that's a 19 performance. That'll do it. Okay, so they have disadvantage on this roll. Great. Um, and what is the DC they're trying to beat? Um, creature can use its action if, if they're going to discern if i'm disguised oh okay the hand of someone who reaches out to touch me would still bump into me while seemingly still in midair depending on my thing but they have to do an intelligence <laughs> investigation check against my spell save dc and good news spell, save, spell save dc, DC? is going to be five plus threes it's 16 i think because i don't have a plus one spell casting, so it's 16 16 intelligence investigation. First number on the dice is a 19. And these are pretty smart uh, liddies. They're, they are trained sure. nurses and they know sure. their stuff. That's fine. Uh, uh, and that that ends them up at a 23. That's fine. But I just need a the second. second number, the second number on the oh, dice. Oh, for disadvantage. For disadvantage is an 11. When you add four to that, you get 15, 15. which is not 15. enough. They, they are just... They're, they believe that I'm, I am a, a plump woman bleeding from from the everywhere. And this poor these, this poor woman. Oh, get her on oh, this gurney here. Oh, oh no. God, oh, it darling. Hurts. It hurts what so happened? Bad. I oh, can't no. even tell you what happened to me. And, and Pierre uh, nudges you, Damien, and, and says, let's go. Uh, very quickly, the door is still open. And moves towards the door. And I just kind of shimmy towards the shimmy towards the door. I'm a large man, so it's not. <laughs> I just like a large man shimmying. Like, <laughs> I'm just gonna, let me just scooch my way to the door, kind of like 
<laughs> oh God! Please hurry! I don't know how much longer I can live like this. <laughs> uh, Damien, give me a stealth check with advantage. Thank you. Because oh, it's not so much that you're hiding; it's, it's that you're trying to not be noticed. <laughs> and then let me see what I have. I'll that. give one for and Pierre. Add that. Pierre is good at this. It's going to be a 14. All right. Um, You catch the eye of Doug as you are going through the door. Oh, Doug, look at here. I need your big arms around me to carry me to the room. Oh, Doug, please. Your mother said that you needed to help. (laughs) Give me one more performance check to see if you can save this. The DC is 15. Don't worry. I'll beat that on the dice. Remember, I'm charismatic. 22. You are charismatic. 22. And Doug's eyes catch yours, Damien, quickly. And then as soon as his name is called out by a woman in distress. you got to help me. Doug's kind of a perv. And he looks (laughs) over at this lady and and gets up to come around the desk and start helping out. Um, And they begin to wheel you back through the doors but you uh damien and pierre are moving down the hallway quickly and pierre ducks uh into um a a, the nearest open room uh and closes the door uh with both of you inside of it all right yes so i don't know who that woman was but that was very coincidental that that was i'm not the smartest tool in this shed but i'm pretty sure that was not a woman. <laughs> no. I'm pretty sure. I, wow. Either that or she was not actually hurt and your friend went out and paid her to come in and distract them. So we think that that person had some sort of relationship to Doc. I think so. He's a, he's a very smart dude. He's a very smart dude. I hope he's... Do you think he's just out there smoking then? Probably. He's probably enjoying his nice cigarette. He loves to do that. I would just like to say (laughs) that as they're like, I feel like it's double doors, right? Going back. Yeah. Right? Oh, definitely. Um, As they're carrying me back, I think I don't, I, I I need two, one of two things. I need to either see a place, like I need to see the crack of a door because I need to misty step out of this. <laughs> and so it's either going to be misty stepping, hopefully, into the hospital. But if mm-hmm. that fails, like, I feel like I can see the doors swinging. They're- and through one of them, I can go 30 feet towards the front door again. They're taking you into the hospital right now. I, I, I know. We're bullet time. Like, <laughs> you guys were having your fun out. role play. I just needed to say how I plan on getting out of this. All right, so um, as you're rolling, you're being carried, half carried, half dragged. No. They're not doing a great job of caring for you. Um, give me a, uh, I think a it's, perception check. Okay, and all I need is, like, the crack of a door to be, like, I can be inside that door, and then they just be quite, you know, this is hilarity yeah. could ensue. Um, that was cocked, and it was better when it was cocked. <laughs> Perception's a seven again. <laughs> you see a small 
opening in one door. Every other door on this hallway is closed, and you know that the t- clock is ticking oh, as yeah. you're moving away, and you hear the doors slow down as they begin to. I've got to take an opportunity. Again. If I got an opportunity, if I got an opportunity, I'm going to take it. You know, it's this small. It's this small opening. You see a sliver of light, and it it's just dark in this what might be a closet. Well, I'm going to misty step into. I, I can see that space. And I can, you can yeah. teleport man, 30 feet to anywhere you can see. I'm teleporting right in there. All right. So with this, give me a dexterity saving throw. Oh, no. <laughs> He's gonna... Oh, no. <clears throat> That's a 10. <laughs> Jesus. So let me paint the scene for you. Uh, the two nurses holding you by the arms, Doug, gently holding your back up just dragging you along towards the nearest empty hospital door they're 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 trying to get you this desperate desperate help the vapors take me (laughs) all of a sudden out of the corner of your eye you see this sliver of opportunity a way to escape and poof Mm -hmm. yeah you're gone out of their grasp what confusion from the nurses doug thought his moment to be a hero was there that maybe maybe someday you could learn to love doug but it was not to be and they're confused and almost immediately know that they've been hoodwinked and they go not again oh not again god this i I hate it when they do this oh man i'm never gonna find love and through the door you find yourself in a completely full wash basin full of mop water as there is a audible splash and you are soaked up to the knees with dirty hospital mop water. I just hold still. Give me a stealth check. I don't know what dice is not going to fuck me today. Here we go. Okay, okay. All right. That's a 22. Slightly better than the six I had on my dice <laughs> as they're trying to look for you. Uh, you hear uh, Doug say, probably, probably went out the front door. And they all three begin to hurry back towards the double doors. Uh, in the uh, the first room, uh, da- uh, Damien, you hear three sets of feet quickly run by, and I and I put my finger on uh, Pierre's face, like mouth. a careless whisper, like Shh. I just want him to not talk. <laughs> right, I take my hand away. All right, Pierre. That was weird when you touched my face. I'm not. Totally comfortable. Pierre, we don't have time for that. Okay. But we do have time to find coats. Are we? Like white coats? They gotta have white coats in here, right? Where are we? We're in the hospital room. I don't think they keep the coats in here. But maybe there is a uh, lounge area or a locker room. Oh. Maybe. Is there anybody else in here with us? That's <laughs> just. Uh, there's curtains drawn around two beds <laughs> that are in there. Is anybody in here? No. I think that there is someone in here. 
Yeah, well, no, yeah, no, no shit, Sherlock. Fuck. Pierre. No shit, Sherlock Perry. I won't tell anybody. You... Let's go walk over and talk to this man. You hear? You pull you... back the curtains. And you pull back the curtains, and you see the littlest, old, frail man uh, who's clearly been there for a while. It doesn't look too ill, just extremely old and frail. Hi. Hey, are you okay? Don't hurt me. I'm just an old man oh, okay. who likes to sing yeah. songs. Will you listen to it? Where did you come back? I want to sing him a song. Where can we go? At that point, you hear the door open, and you see before you a strikingly <laughs> handsome, blonde-haired, bearded man in a, in a white doctor's coat and a mop in his hand. And as he opens the door, you hear the familiar... I get behind the curtain fa- immediately. You hear the familiar voice, Pierre. Damien, let us proceed with our adventure. And Sorry, I, I don't know you're here to visit my singing uncle. No. Gentlemen, it is me, Doc. Wait. Yeah, we know you're a doctor. I can no, see you're a doctor. No, I have, no it's like, me, Doc. Like your friend, the, oh. the, the chain-smoking addict who I professes to smoking. know. The, no, it's me. How did you get? Don't. How'd you get past I told Doug? you I have powers. Come, can we go now? Did you did you slip in when we slipped in when that that frail old lady came? Let me tell Spoilers. You about when we used to play jacks down by the street corner. Uh, and um, if we could sir. go, yeah. I think that I could explain it more. But I, uh, follow me. Come on. Jello? You don't know how much time I, we have. I love well, some this extra guy, I know jello. we don't have much time, but this guy's singing yes. about Jello. Do you have no, any Jello? No, of course. I'm a doctor. Jello. I don't have Jello. Right. Well, I don't know. You just came with a mop bucket. Like, you could have plenty of stuff in those pockets. <laughs> I put. The, I hand the mop to Damien, <laughs> and I go to this old man, okay? <laughs> and I oh. cast. <laughs> Hi, Sonny. Do you have any Jello? <laughs> I cast on him. Jesus. Oh no! No, I stopped myself. I realize I only have one more spell slot before a short rest, and I say he's not worth it. And I take the mop from Damien's hand. I'm like, here. Why don't you work for some Jello? And I close the curtain. I'm like, we need to go now. And I start walking guys, out the door. As you guys are leaving the room, you hear the old man say. My first job when I was three years old was mopping floors. And he starts to go into a, a story about floor mopping. <laughs> and you guys make your way down the hallway to find the Don Wheat. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs>